Hey, 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 moneymakers. I'm Kalila Reynolds, and welcome to another edition of Taking Stock Live. We're bringing you all the latest business news and telling you how it will affect you and your money. Now, don't forget to head over to my website, kalilareynolds.com slash newsletter once this live has ended to get my newsletter straight to your inbox twice a week. You would have noticed if you are a subscriber that we did drop that credit card document last week, and we are working on a couple of other documents. We got to update our KRM broker guide, which we first published last year. Time for a part two now, a 2022 version. We have got to, you know, do a comparison of all the banks and their lending rates overall. Who has the best mortgages? Who has the best uh, auto loans? Who has the best unsecured loans? There's so many things that we can look at. So make sure that you are subscribed to the newsletter to get those when they drop. And they do drop early, at least a week early for Patreon subscribers because we're now officially on Patreon. So you can become a patron for as little as $5 a month. And that gives you access to our full document library. So if you're a new newsletter subscriber and you missed something that we sent out previously, you can access the full document library on Patreon for just $5 a month. And that also gives you uh, discounts on everything that we sell. So from our merchandise, t-shirts, masks, to the masterclass, and of course, Money Week 2022 coming up later this year. Stay tuned for further details on that. So head on over to patreon.com slash and you can get as much as 30% off depending on the tier of patronage that you select. Or you could just, uh, you could just do it because you support us and you want to give us money because you like the content that we produce since it is free to you. So where is everyone joining us from tonight? Let me know in the chat what part of the country, what part of the world are you watching this show from? And of course, got to remind you to hit that like button and share this video with a friend. Now, here's what's coming up on tonight's show, followed by What's Hot in Business. Now, come on, let's get this money. It's our mid-year stock market review. Which stocks were the best and worst for the first half of the year? Some new companies have listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange and more are expected by year-end. Meanwhile, the JSC wants to allow junior market companies to raise even more money on the stock exchange and they're promising that short selling is coming soon. Again. And investors have been complaining about JTrader Pro. Managing Director of the Jamaica Stock Exchange, Dr. Marlene Street Forest, will join us. And the analysts take a look at the First Citizens Bank additional public offering APO in Trinidad and Tobago. But first, here's What's Hot, brought to you by Jamaica Money Market Brokers, your best interest at heart. A group led by First Rock Real Estate Investments has reportedly been formed to purchase Medical Associates Hospital. Medical Associates is a 50-bed private hospital in Kingston. According to a report from news website R Today, Novamed Inc. is also part of the group seeking to acquire the hospital. Novamed, through its subsidiary Novamed Properties, recently acquired Knotswood Quartet Hill, which is next door to Medical Associates. 
A delegation from Saudi Arabia visited Jamaica last week to explore possible investment opportunities. The 80-member group included private sector investors as well as Saudi Arabian government officials. Prime Minister Andrew Holness said the meeting is expected to result in foreign direct investment in the country. The Prime Minister said there are many opportunities for investments, particularly in Jamaica's tourism, trade, commerce and agriculture industries. Meanwhile, the Deputy Minister for Investors Outreach for Saudi Arabia said the Caribbean has become a priority zone for investment and business partnership for Saudi Arabia. He added that Jamaica has the third largest economy in the region. Trinidad First Citizens Bank is looking to expand its regional presence by applying for banking licenses in Guyana and Jamaica. The bank, which had previously tried and failed to acquire Scotiabank's assets in Guyana, said it is now interested in opening its own location in the country. According to the bank, it wants to provide support to customers in projects across the region. The bank also noted that it would be moving into these countries with a digital-first approach to keep up with the ever-changing fintech space. First Citizens, which is a majority state-owned bank, is currently conducting its second APO, seeking to raise some 543 million TT dollars. The offer closes on July 22. Elon Musk and Twitter are at it again. Again. On Friday, the social media company threatened to take the billionaire to court after he announced that he was backing out of the $44 billion US dollar deal to purchase the company. Musk said he was stepping away from the deal due to Twitter's lack of transparency over the number of bot accounts on the platform. According to Musk's lawyer, that placed Twitter in material breach of multiple provisions of the original agreement. Twitter responded by saying it would pursue legal action to enforce the agreement. The SpaceX and Tesla CEO had originally agreed to buy the company for $54.20 U.S. per share. Twitter shares fell 5% in pre-market trading Monday after closing Friday at $36.81. Musk took to Twitter on Monday to show that he was unbothered by the threat of legal action. What's Heart was brought to you by Jamaica Money Market Brokers, your best interest at heart. This segment of Taking Stock is brought to you by Bulwark Insurance Agency. Insurance made easy. All right. Welcome back. Welcome back. And let me just warn you from now, we have a lot to talk about in this show. So this show is going to run long, but it will definitely be worth it, right? We have so much things. As you saw in the previews earlier, we're going to be talking about the JSC's half-year review, JTrader Pro. We have uh, Daniel Taito from Trinidad and Tobago going to talk about First Citizens APO. We're looking at the U.S. stock market six months review. So many really, really hot and fresh topics to talk about tonight. So stay tuned to make sure you hear you know, what you want to hear about. And of course, you can use the comment section to ask your questions, to participate in the program, which we strongly, strongly encourage. We want to hear from you. So let me shout out some people here in the comments. Navardo was the very first one to comment. He said, ready and waiting. Kish joining us from London. He says, hello, moneymakers. Hi, Kish. Great to have you. And then we have Sean Patrick Clayton, who says, ready to learn more about how to invest properly. First time I'm seeing you in the comments, Sean Patrick. So welcome to Taking Stock. We also have Trevor, who's in Indianapolis, Indiana. He says, in the house, show me the money. And D. Duncan is from the Bronx, or is in the Bronx. He says, greetings, Bronx, representing bright and early. Well, it's dark and early around these parts because it's evening now after 8 o'clock in Jamaica. So let me know in the comments where you're from 
and what your early questions are for our guests who shall be introduced now. As you know, some new companies have listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange so far this year, and more are expected by year end. And there are also some other things about the JSC that we want to talk about. You heard, you may have heard that the JSC wants to allow the junior market companies to raise even more money on the stock exchange, raising that cap from 500 million to 750 JMD. We also, if she will let me ask about short selling, and there are these J Trader Pro issues. That's one of the main issues that we need to discuss today. So joining us is the managing director of the Jamaica Stock Exchange, Dr. Marlene Street Forest. Welcome, Doc. Good, good evening, Kalila. It is you. so good to have you. Now, a lot a has happened since the start of the year. We've had the listing of Spurtree, JFP, Edufocal, Dollar Financial. Is that four or five? Uh, did you anticipate such high levels of participation in these IPOs? Well, we expected to have the listings as it relates to the high level of participation. Um, we must say that dollar surprised us a little. We knew it would have been high, but not that high. You know, so it, it's al already we can say it's a pleasant surprise. Mm, yes. So as you mentioned, IPOs and dollar financial, that was one that was overscribed by several billion dollars yes. on the day it listed. You said that was surprising. Uh, why do you think dollar got to this level of support? I think there is an one, there's an energy in the market. There is also an energy in terms of how the company positioned itself as to what it was doing and, and what it will be doing. Obviously, when companies come to market and they tell their story, it must be an appealing story. And uh, I think Dollar did a good job of um, convincing the public and, and making um, the public understand what they will be doing. So it all depends. And um, I think it is also driven by youthfulness um the company is a uh, um in terms of uh, um its uh, directorship its management you can see um the youthfulness in it so i think there are many factors i would say that would have contributed to um the success of uh, um the dollar um ipo Interesting that you would cite youthfulness because there are some you know, older people who might not have the same level of confidence in, in younger CEOs. Um, you see, um, Kalila, we must have that confidence. Um, the, the young people are not sitting back and doing nothing, as some will think. Um, they are getting involved, and we can see that from the number of per, um, persons that are trading whether online or otherwise, when we do the analysis, we see that um, there is an inflow of youth um, getting involved in the stock market. And, and it translates. If you are getting involved in the stock market, you will also want to see yourself also as an entrepreneur and also as a company listed. And that those are positive signals for Jamaica and for the economy. 
Yeah. So speaking of young people, it's a good segue into your online trading platform, JTrader Pro, which a lot of young people and a lot of a lot of young investors use, and they have been complaining on Twitter. I'm sure that you've seen them. I have seen some comments, and but let us put it in perspective. We have had um, less than one percent downtime. In, the over, in nearly six years of JTrader Pro. That's one. But also, let us put the matter in terms of how does a um, investor, one, get onboarded? There are many processes to this. Um, at the broker level, at uh, um, their own um, getting their information in, opening an account, so I'm going through the process. And afterwards, um, as it relates to trading, funding, etc., their accounts. The, we know that, and I spoke about young people, we know that young people are anxious for additional um, features on the market, um, mm -hmm. on the online trading platform. And we saw that. We indicated when we started that we, it, we was version one. And we have rolled out, incidentally, version two some two weeks ago and i i am happy to report that if you look on twitter um the information that you will see there is quite positive um so many of the features that we would have uh, rolled out for um in terms of version two is mainly in terms of automation um you know, we less touch from the stock exchange. So an increase in the order management aspect of um, the online trading platform. So um, the, the orders are filtered now by specific accounts um, with a broker. That feature is there. We also have the messaging feature where um, the investor gets notices and updates about the platform. And there was a complaint, and this is the one, Kalila, that we received most complaints about. If the system locks that account out, um, what the investor would normally do and would have had to do, really, is to call the stock exchange help desk, and then we would unlock the account. Now, that's a problem that's in the past, where the unlocking, um, the investor now is able to unlock his profile without contacting the JSE. Then there is a portfolio valuation, where the investor can now view the performance of their stock portfolio. And I'd like to say with this, you know, that because we are seeing that investors are now not coming for one IPO, but there is a repeat, and we want to emphasize this, and I take the advantage of doing that this on your program, that we, we encourage investors to build portfolios. And what we are seeing is that gradually those portfolios are being built. So with the online trading platform now, they can look at their portfolio and see the value of the portfolio. That's very important. And they can manage their funds. We spoke about the 
um, the cash account the, um, for the online trading. They can cancel funds in out. They can make those requests without having to contact their broker. And there are so many other features that we have put in about three or four more features. So is, is that avail that feature is available for across the board for everyone? Because I did see Barita send out a notice about that, but I thought it was specific to Barita. It's no, no, for everyone. Everyone. So what we did, Kalila, and it is important to say that the Jamaica Stock Exchange listens, and. Uh, it takes time in development, but we have uh, delivered on the areas that uh, um, our online trading um, um, investors have said that they want, um, you know, to see that upgrade. So unlike what you saw probably recently that we said that I said there was no upgrade, that's not the point I made. I meant that the when dollar went down, when the, the online trading platform went down, that at times you will have a, a um, technical problems, but there was no need to, for an upgrade on that specific problem. That's what I said. No, but we knew, we recognized that, you know, there was more that could be offered and more that our customer, we call because we consider them our customers, asked us to do and we have delivered on these. So let me ask the viewers then, have the issues been resolved? Let me know in the comments. Are there any other issues with JTrader? Now is the time to, to ask your questions. Yes, because the CEO definitely. is here and she's listening. You have her ear right now. So speak now or forever hold your peace. She's saying that the issue has been resolved. And you addressed one of the questions that came from one of our viewers. Javon had said, J Trader works fine for me too, just that there needs to be an easier way to do funding than having to wait for your broker to accept then approve funds. And that's the same thing that you said that now has been, uh, yes, you've made yes. that very change that he is. We he's have made that to. very change, yes. So try it again, Javon. Next time yes, you're looking to, to trade, try it and you'll see the difference. And let and me know. Open for, for anything else that, um, you know, the investors, um, and especially these young and savvy investors are asking for, we, you know, just just let us know and we will look into those um, requests. Well, there, there are a lot of questions in the chat. One yes. of them has to do with the app because you did have an app. I don't know what happened to the app. The app doesn't seem to be working and it hasn't been for some months now. Siobhan wants to know. Not will there be an app on Google Play or Apple Play Store? What's we, going on with the app? We, we, the app is up and working, and it is in the Google. Um, Do you have store. to delete the old app and re-download it? Because I just tried it and it's not working. Well, I'd suggest that you do that, but we um, we will check on that. But the app, is, as far as I know and as far as I've seen, is up and running. Because remember now, Kalila, we upgraded the app. So this is um, an upgraded version, both from Android and uh, Apple. And uh, um, it was in, um, you know, first release in, in, in the Google store. So we can, I'm, I'm gonna recommend that um, the viewers, those persons who are using, um, go back and uh, as you say, probably delete and try again. All right, I'm actually doing that now. So in real yes. time, I will be able to tell you if it works now. Yes, <laughs> I had yes, not, definitely. 
I did it before, but that was when you recently relaunched the new yes. app. Oh, yes, it's, it's it is working. Yeah, yes. it's working now. I see it here. So I'm going to look through this. And further. many so new features are on that the app at this point, though we intend to even roll out further features before the year ends. Okay. All right. Let me get to some of the questions from the viewers because yes. there are a lot of them. People Not have many questions for you. Lavar has a question about the circuit breaker. He says, can we move the circuit breaker, please? If not, <laughs> no, not at all. To 15 minutes? We, I'm going to, you know, just be um, informative here. The, we have seen globally where within the period of the COVID that most exchanges and the WFE, that's the World Federation of Exchanges, would have spoken to it. You could go and log on and see the comments that the circuit breaker is a valuable feature in terms of ensuring market stability, which is what we want. Now, it is not impossible for an exchange to review as we have done before, um, the circuit breaker to make it um, more, um, a little bit more pliable, and especially from the standpoint that our market is operates um, at a more restrictive restrictive time. So it is something under review, but at this point, as you know, um, it is fifteen percent up or down the reference price that um, the circuit breaker is going to trip and uh, that, that our cooling off period so that information can be given and circulated evenly and so that there is no disadvantage of any one um, set persons or you know set of persons in the market so we are going to maintain the circuit breaker but you know, the last time we spoke about it on the show, we had an extensive discussion with uh, yeah. with my analyst panel on the show about, you know, pros and cons of the circuit breaker rule. And yeah, I can understand why we'd want to have a circuit breaker rule to prevent stocks from falling too far in a single day or in a single specific period of time. But yeah. why do we need a circuit breaker on the upper limit? Like, shouldn't you just allow the market to determine the price? No, same thing, because um, if... If there is an upper limit, remember now the, the real issue is that that circuit breaker is allowing for information to be disseminated, giving everyone an equal chance, whether it is that the price is going up or the price is going down. It doesn't matter. Any, any way it, um, the price is going so the the stock exchange is saying we are here to ensure that an even playing field exists or as even as we can whether the price is going up or not because remember it's not it's not so much a benefit for the exchange it is where we want to see that our market the people who um, do business on this exchange can say it is a fair efficient and effective market what's that but why limit the the possibilities for profit no we're not limiting the possibilities for profit nor loss we're saying the circuit breaker is there to ensure that one people and i'm going to underscore it again 
that people get an, um, the, the chance to have that information, whether it is a profit information. Um, you hear that um, the, all of a sudden there is gold um, in uh, um, part of um, a company and they just discovered it and that would be up or that uh, there's none. The idea of a circuit breaker is to ensure that we are not acting on this or miss or no information. That's 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 the the the, whole, the underscoring of that. Okay, all right. Well, you heard the response, viewers. What do you think about the response so far? I see a lot of questions about the app, and several people asking this question. I'm gonna choose the one from Siobhan. He says. We need the app for trading and not just to watch the market. So you did relaunch an updated version of the app, which I can confirm is working, but you cannot trade directly on the app. For that, you have to use JTrader Pro or one of the other platforms from your other um, institutions. So any plans to allow trading via the app or dissatisfied with JTrader Pro, which is an um, online platform, but not an app? Remember, um, Kalila, I did say to you that we have more coming. And this is one of the features that we are now working on. Okay, any timeline on that? Um, within the, by the end of the third quarter. Of this year? Yes. Looking forward to that because I do note that NCB Capital Markets launched their app recently that allowed uh, trading via an app, which I believe is the very first one uh, very first app that you can do trading on. They're online platforms, like I said, JMMB, Moneyline, uh, JTrader Pro, but not via app, as far as I know, NCB was the first. So you, you make uh, uh, the company beat the JSC to it, Mrs. Street Forest? I, I, I cannot speak to what they have done or how it is. And how is it? If it's run things, you know. It's linked to online trading, the JTrader yeah. I cannot speak to that. I know that when the JSE comes out with its um, app, you know, that that um, upgrade, it will be well worth the wait. I was I always wondered what prevented companies from allowing that type of trading via app. I thought there, I, I assume there was some restriction, but there is no restriction. Anybody can launch an app that allows trading. Um, the it's. It is still connected with the. It has to still be connected to the broker, you know. So it's all right, not that's what I mean. Any broker can launch an app that allows trading. Yes, because what it would be, what would happen is that it's um, the broker back office um, would still have to um, buy an API would still have to be connected to the Jamaica Stock Exchange's electronic trading platform. And that, that is allowable because remember now that the monitoring and the know your customer and all of that would still be something that is happening in the background. Okay, let's move on to the next question that I see many people asking. And this one comes from Orville Reeves. He says, extend trading hours. Why do you close at one o'clock? Uh, you know, um, Kalila, that's a, you know, you, you seem to be asking the questions that um, we are working on, and that's a good thing. It is good to know that um, the market 
is calling for an extended trading hour. Why not have more people call for that? So what we have been doing is we have been speaking with our brokers um, because remember, when you extend trading hour, it is not just an extension of trading hour like that. Um, the brokerage community will have to um, be also prepared um, that for close of market operation because that happens, you know. Um, there has to be close of market operations. But I agree. Um, I must say that we should contemplate the extension of the trading hours. You should contemplate it, but there's no decision on that yet and no, no they, they, Yes, yet. and I have chosen my words carefully. <laughs> and I realize. Yes, there is no decision as yet on um, how many hours would be extended, but definitely a discussion on extending the trading hours. Okay, next question comes from Demar, who wants to know how far is the process for the junior market maximum amount to be increased to $750 million? And before you answer, let me just give the, the background to our viewers. So currently, if you're gonna list on the junior market, your market cap, so the value of all your shares cannot exceed $500 million. So if you wanna raise money on the junior market, you can't raise more than 500 million Jamaican dollars. And I read in the paper that the JSD is now pushing to move that to $750 million. So junior market companies can be uh, larger and they can raise more money on the junior market and take advantage of the tax benefits there uh, with a larger market capitalization. So that sounds great to me. Oh, where are you on that? Okay, Kalila, but before I answer that, I just want to ensure that the your viewers um, do not have, um, a, a, you know, I want to clarify something in terms of market cap and uh, participating um, equity capital, which are, they, these are two different um, scenarios. What we are asking for is for the participating equity capital to be increased from 500 million to 700 million. Now, that is different from a company's market cap because a company's market capitalization is nothing more than the number of shares times the price of the shares at a point in time. So I, I want to make sure that our viewers understand the distinction between both. Now we are asking for an extension of, in terms of the participating equity capital. And we have done this, we have asked, we have put in our request, um, our, we have been told that um, it is um, given, has been given favorable consideration. Um, that request goes to who? The FSC? The, no, the request goes to the Ministry of Finance. Mm. And, and so it's a policy decision. Yes. Something that we should ask the minister then. And ultimately to the minister. So um, it has gone to the minister. And as, as, I, as we have understood, it has been given favorable consideration. Having done that, though, remember now you have to, it has to... Um, be worded, be changed in terms of the um, legislation. And so that would, um, that's where the process is now. 
So I'm not in a position to say that it is tomorrow. Um, that will require some updates as to where in the process of drafting um, we are in terms of that change. But it is, has been given positive consideration. Okay, well, we'll definitely ask the minister next time we get the opportunity. Please. Another question from the viewers, and let me warn you, Mrs. Street Forest, they have good memories because they remember the last time you were on the show, which I believe was in January. And LeVar Henry says, the last time you came on Taking Stock, you shared that we should get access to the U.S. and Canada stock market. And I believe you said by around February or the first uh, quarter of the year, can you say when we should be getting access to these stock markets? Next week, Monday or Tuesday. What? <laughs> Breaking money news. So it is that far advanced. It is, it is much that far advanced. We, we um, are way ahead of the, the, you know, there are various brokers who would decide whether they are going to provide this service to their client. I am not in a position to say which broker or brokers as yet, but to say that um, the, the pilot is being done and that we should see um, live by next week. Well, I am definitely looking forward to that. So viewers, Get your phones and your laptops ready because we got to review it. We got to talk about it when that eventually drops. Another thing that you had mentioned, and you've been mentioning this for some time, because I remember talking to you pre-COVID, probably like December 2019. I remember the interview distinctly. We're standing in front of a Christmas tree. So it was December 2019. And you're telling me that short selling was coming to the market very soon. And so Danny wants to know when will the JSC implement shorting and what stipulations will there be surrounding the rules of shorting? All right. I noticed, Kalila, in your um, promo that you said again. <laughs> yes, and, I yes, I noticed that you did say that. But I am also noticing that. I've heard that it was, a few times. I've heard yes, it probably like And I noticed that you also said... Um, I said this to you just before COVID. Mm -hmm. Now, let me just tell the, 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 the viewers that many co countries that um, do shorting during COVID, um, they would have uh, um, suspended the short market. And we have had two years of COVID um, in the development stage. So um, to answer directly, we are working on um, this particular um, service to be delivered. And it is our um, expectation that by year end, 2022, that, uh, yes, breaking news, that uh, you will have shorting on the market. Now, as it relates to the rules, I think it would be a little, um, protracted for your program to go into that. But none, um, just to say that there will be rules regarding this um, and uh, that will be at another time that I will tell you all the rules relating to um, shorting. But yes, obviously, um, the type of stocks 
um, we will be having no naked short selling. Um, that's and, and that is a major one. So it no must naked be short selling. What does that mean? That means that any shorting must be covered by a position. You have to have um, the equivalent in terms of uh, um, securities to back that short selling. Mm. So um, we will not have that. It will be on a um, pool of um, securities, uh, meaning that it's not the entire market of 99 companies. So there will be requirements as with other markets in terms of the companies or the securities. Let me use the correct word, the securities that will be um, will be shorted. Okay, I'm going to take just a couple more questions due to time because there's so many other things that we need to get to this evening. This one comes from Daniel, who's actually our guest analyst in the next segment. He's based in Trinidad and Tobago. He wants to know, will transferring the cross-listed shares to Trinidad be a feature on JTrader soon, or will that continue to be manual? Okay, this is, uh, um, will transferring the cross-listed shares to Trinidad be a feature on J Traders soon. Um, I will have to, um, Daniel, I will have to check that one out um, and get get a response on that. Actually, I thought that we were able to, as, as I know, um, have uh, online um, trading for all securities listed. Um, so this question really is, uh, one that I will have to take offline. Okay, and the last question comes from Omar, who wants to know, will there be a reduction in T plus two days for trading? Yes, there will be. So the globally, um, there's a move towards T plus one. Mm. And um, we are now, um, we have gone to the AXTA conference. We have seen um, where the um, it is being considered um, in other markets, you know, Kalila, we have moved with the markets, with the global markets in terms of moving to T plus two. And so, yes, there's active consideration um, to moving to T plus one, which will be the standard um, as of, well, the global standards and uh, markets will be moving as of next year. I think it is towards the end of the year. Okay. And I did say one last one, but let me squeeze in this one because it came a couple of times. Javon, Javon wants to know, on the point of breaking news, will JSC be approving a dividend at its next meeting? No, I cannot say that because the JSC, as with every other listed company, um, cannot give material information like that to um, just like that. But you would have noted that we have indicated that the JSE is considering, um, the board will consider at its next sitting, which would be um, next Wednesday, um, whether a dividend will be declared. I could not go ahead of the board to speak to whether um, it, it is gonna be a possibility, but there's a consideration and it has already been released to the market. Okay, so you just have to wait for the meeting to see what's, what the decision Post is. meeting, yes. Are you having a launch for any of these new features? Because you have to invite us. 
Um, Especially with this next week one, the US and Canadian um, stock trading. Soft, um, but obviously, every time that we are going to be having a new feature, we tend to have a launch. So, Kalila, there's more to come, and I'm going to be keeping you posted. Um, there's more that we want to involve you with as well, and I'll keep you posted on that as well. Yay. All right. I like what I am hearing. And yes, I did throw a little shade by saying again, because yes, we've heard, heard it things before, <laughs> but, uh, but we're holding you accountable. So every time you come on, we will ask again, what's going on with these new features. And I'm very yes. excited to hear about this new one coming up next week, Monday or Tuesday, you said. Yes, very yes, definitive. Right. Thank you so much for joining us, Mrs. Street Forest. All the best. It's my pleasure. All the best to you as well. All right. Well, let us, we have the analysts coming up, but before that, let me ask you to take our poll question this week. And that also comes out of breaking money news on taking stock last week uh, when, uh, oh gosh, what's her name from Palace Amusement? Melanie Graham, the marketing manager of a palace was on and she announced here on the show that they are expecting or planning to close their new Kingston drive-through when the lease expires in August. So what's your reaction to that announcement? Take our poll. It is on Twitter and on YouTube. So sad. I really liked it. I never went. So IDK, you know, uh, nobody goes to the movies anymore or other. Take our poll. What's your reaction to the news that Palace Amusement is planning to close their new Kingston drive-through in August? Let us know. And you can answer in the comments as well. Up next, we've got your market recap and the analysts are standing by. This segment of Taking Stock was brought to you by Bulwark Insurance Agency. Insurance made easy. Time now for your market recap. The JC Combined Index declined last week, falling by 5,000 points or 1%. 117 stocks traded across the main and junior markets for the week ending Friday, July 8, 2022. 31 advanced, 72 declined, and 14 stayed the same. 333 million shares changed hands on the Jamaican dollar market, valued at $2.1 billion. Fesco was the most traded stock, taking up almost 73% of market volume, with people buying and selling 244 million shares in the company. The stock opened this week at $6.02. Dollar traded at the second highest volume. People bought and sold 11 million shares in the company. The stock's price lost 10 cents to open the new week at $2.82. And Wigton Wind Farm Ordinary Shares rounded out the most traded, taking up nearly 3% of market volume with 9 million shares trading. The stock's price fell by 1 cent to open this week at 55 cents. Now let's see who had the biggest gains for the week. SSLVC rose by almost 23% to open the new week at $3.51. Express Catering is up nearly 16% to open this new week at $6.10. And Siboney is up 15% to open the new week at $0.75. Cents. On the losing side now, ISP Financial Services was last week's biggest loser, down 24%, to open Monday at $17.03. 
AMG Packaging and Paper was the second biggest loser, down almost 16% to close last week at $3.94. And Epley Caribbean Property Fund was down 15% to close last week at $40.02. Over on the Trinidad and Tobago Stock Exchange, the composite index declined last week, losing 3 points. First, Caribbean International Bank was the most traded stock. It opened this week at $5.01 TT. Cinema One was the market's biggest gainer, up 15%, to open this week at $5.98 TT. And on the losing side, Endeavor Holdings fell nearly 7% to open the new week at $7 TT. Over in the U.S., the Dow Jones ended last week up almost 2%, while the S&P 500 rose 3%, and the Nasdaq rose 6%. There was another slight dip at the pumps last week, with gas and diesel prices falling by 25 cents each. In foreign exchange, it took an average $152.09 Jamaican to purchase one US dollar last Friday. And on the crypto markets, Bitcoin fell less than 1% in the past five days, trading at 20,531 US dollars on Monday, while Ethereum fell 3% in the past five days, trading at $1,150 on Monday. This segment of Taking Stock, The Analysts, is brought to you by Jamaica Money Market Brokers. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's now time for The Analysts, and I'm joined by equities trader at JMMB, Clive Charlton, founder and CEO of Profit Jumpstarter, Keisha Bailey, and international portfolio and wealth manager, Daniel Title. I hope I'm saying his name right. Daniel, you're going to have to tell me how you pronounce your name because I forgot to ask you before the show. Shame on me. Title or Title? Title, yeah. Title. All right. Good to be on. I have you. And I always love to see new faces. Clive, I don't know what's up with your internet tonight. You're not looking crisp and sharp like you normally do, but hopefully yeah. we don't have any interruptions because I do want to start with you. We yes. have passed the half year mark. So six months, more than six months now have gone. And I want to hear your overview of the of Jamaica's local market performance for the first six months of the year. Yes. Um, good afternoon. Good night, uh, uh, Kalila and the team, as well as the viewers. You know. uh, yes, the last six months has been, I think, I think the market has treated the investing public fear over the last six months, given what has happened in the global space. Uh, and of course, the impact it has had on certain macro variables, for example, you know, inflation and interest rates. I think the market has treated the investing public and its participants fairly well. In fact, the market, most, major, most of the major indices, the main index, are declined just marginally 1.9% between December 31st and end of June. Uh, the financial index, this is a new index that really puts together all the financial holding, financial companies, uh, declined four points, nearly 5% over the same period. However, most of the indices were fairly flat, uh, advancing between 0.7%. And of course, of course, most others, except of course the junior market. The junior market grew by a whopping 27% over the same period. Why? This is largely attributed to the listings. Uh, we had three major listings, and these securities came public at what? I think they came public at a dollar, and they have, which, which, well, of course, they came public at a dollar. They brought probably about $5.5 billion to the market. And right now, those very same companies are valued in excess of probably about $15 billion Jamaican dollars. So it means that these companies have grown in price uh, significantly since 
and they have contributed significantly to the movement in the junior market indices right so we have had a good year also sincere albeit interest rate going up uh there are quite a few companies that are looking to raise capital uh of course kp reit raised capital just the other day about almost two billion dollars uh, fast rich is going to it's considering a stock split right not a raising capital but a stock split right and my well let me not speculate here but what follows a stock split sometimes could be uh raising additional capital right uh i create is considering a rights issue huh? so we can see a lot is happening because i think that even the principals of these companies are quite optimistic and believe that now is an opportune time for them to expand our uh, production and therefore drive value of the company and that of course will result in increased valuation of the market but also increased value to the portfolio individual investors right? there has been um over the similar period to quite a few acquisitions the biggest acquisition so far of course is acquisition of sslvc by mfp finance and the renaming of that institution right uh we have seen also <clears throat> uh several acquisitions our major listed companies like a grace which has acquired some entity in trinidad as Biden. Uh, um we have seen a uh, separate uh which and agree well, it was separate, sorry, separate that has acquired AS Bryan, right? We have seen um, um, quite a few other companies forming joint agreement, joint venture agreement. For example, GK has formed a joint, let me see, a joint venture agreement with an entity in Trinidad and Tobago. It's called the Trinidad and Tobago Unit Trust Corporation, TTUTC, right? So I think the market is still generally optimistic. And I think that there's great value in the market still. Of course, going into the summer, well, we're talking about the first half of the year, right? Uh, listing uh, is what has driven the market mostly. Uh, even though interest rate has gone up, I believe that there's still a fair level of liquidity. In fact, in fact, we may now see the liquidity being impacted with interest, the recent, most recent in increase in interest rate. We may see the liquidity um, that impacting the market in the latter part of the year. Certainly during the summer period is usually a dry period for the market. That is normal as part of the regular cycle. So we'd have to know, kind of desegregate what the <clears throat> increased interest rate impact is and what the normal market cycle is coming this summer. As to my prospect of the market going forward, uh, it is believed, you know, I've heard this a few times before, but it is believed that we may see and an, uh, at least two other uh, government companies slash agencies coming public. Uh, namely, of course, uh, JPS, that's the talk in the street, and also Jamaica Mortgage Bank. So I think that there is still a, a level of interest in the stock market. I think also psychologically people are more tuned to the stock market. I think also that uh, many company principals now realize that it is easier and you can raise volume of liquid of capital in the market space. Also, mm -hmm. most importantly, I think a lot of principals of privately held or companies that have listed, particularly those on the junior market, realize that you can now unlock value. A company that was, for example, the most recent IPOs, uh, Jamaica, JFP, uh, um, Dollar, Edifocal, um, Spurtree, you know, what were the value of these companies and how were they valued uh, prior to becoming publicly mm -hmm. Now they are valued three, four, five, up to 800% what they were upon listing. So I think a lot of principals realize that we can unlock value and still drive and grow the company and have access to a wide range of capital. And I think that is indicative of what has happened in the first six months of this year. So 
I think the, the market was treated well. I think there's a lot of opportunity in the market, and I think investors are quite happy. Also, we noticed that dividend payment also was not stifled that much. Of course, NCB, we know, has delayed paying dividend, uh, proven just recently, uh, were to have a meeting to declare dividend, uh, announce some dividend, well, they said that they will no longer declare dividend at that meeting. So we are watching that to see if the liquidity situation in the marketplace, of course, regulatory, that is caused by regulatory actions, may impact particularly financial companies. Um, but the other market space, the real productive company, the service sectors, the junior market companies, they continue to pay very good dividends. So I think the market overall is quite healthy, uh, quite vibrant, and I think investors psycholog psychologically are very much still interested in the market. And Even though the main market is down 3%, I know, I mean, junior market's up 27%, awesome, yes. but the main market, is that not, do you have any concerns there? Um, I would, guess what, okay. Pre-pandemic, the market on average moved about, downward about 25 to 27%. So the market has somewhat recovered, you see? Only since here, we have seen, I would say very marginal. Um, the main market, 1.93% down or almost 2%. I don't, in, in terms of the overall market, I don't consider that significant, right? Um, I think that there's still a lot of opportunity. Many of the main market uh, have continued to pay dividend. Um, they have engaged in quite a few acquisitions in the North American market as well as regionally. I see an expansion regionally also, many of our public, for example, proven, you know? So I think that there is still value even though marginally the overall indices, the main market index has declined. All right. Thanks, Clive. Always a wealth of knowledge. And I really appreciate hearing your, your six-month review. Um, I could ask you more questions, but I see the, the viewers complaining about your, your audio quality. I'm, I was hearing you oh, fine, though. So okay. the only problem for me is the video, but the audio, some people were saying, wasn't great. So let's move on to Keisha. Keisha, so pretty much the same question to you, but on the overseas market. The first six months of international market, um, what did well, what didn't? Well, it, it's, I guess, very pertinent now, given that next week is a big, big week. <laughs> More opportunities are bound for um, local investors to get access into the international markets, which is fantastic. That's a really big announcement coming from the Jamaica Stock Exchange. One to look forward to for sure. So pay attention then. <laughs> First half of 2022, it has been the worst half since 1970. So since 1970 to now, this has been the worst first half of the year in the US stock market. We have the S&P down drastically. I'm gonna share my screen so you guys can see those charts. One second, let's bring that up. All right, here's the easier way. So on the US side, this is year to date. I'm on Google Finance, year to date. The US stock market has been down 20%, worst since 1970. This is the S&P 500, <laughs> um, the Dow Jones Industrial Average. That also has been down year to date <coughs> by more than 15%. And then when we bring in the NASDAQ, which looks like all the tech companies, that took the biggest hit. It's down, and the numbers are all here. So S&P, 
down 20% year to date. The Dow Jones down 15%, NASDAQ down 28.85. So a lot of the tech giants that we know and love are inside the NASDAQ and they have been hit a lot since the start of the year. So really big declines. Yes, very painful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> very painful. A, a lot of investors are seeing a lot of red and there's a lot of panic. I talk to people every day about should I sell, should I panic and run, should I keep cash? Because this is big. And then when you compare it to the Jamaican market, you're it's natural to wonder, well, what am I doing? Should I stay in the international markets or should I move into should I just come and put everything back into the Jamaican market? But What's important is what happened in the second half of the year. Looking forward, what happened in 1990 <coughs> is that there was a rebound. The market went up 26.5% in the second half of the year. So ending the year then on a positive note, which I mean is good then because if we're falling on that note, could now be that potential entry point. One has to kind of do your research to see and to pick the stocks that work best for you. But definitely, you are seeing opportunities based on the declines that have occurred in the first half of the year. Another big, big news on the first half was yield curve inversion. So the yield curve of interest rates, typically short-term rates should be lower than long-term rates. What happened was that short-term rates went higher than long-term rates, so we had an inversion. The key behind this is that we possibly could see a recession in the U.S. because of that. That's usually the, the meaning behind the yield curve inversion. That created then panic, which caused more selling, which really propelled the market lower. Another thing that happened, we all know Russia-Ukraine war. That still is ongoing. We had anticipated it would have been over already, but it's still lingering. That created a lot of havoc around oil prices and pushed oil prices higher, given that Russia produces the majority of the oil in the world. And there were a lot of sanctions raised against Russia during the first half of the year. Next major thing is inflation, inflation, inflation. Think back to January, when we started the year, we had a lot of discussions in the US about inflation being transient. Same thing in Canada and in the Eurozone. We had discussions that, you know, coming out of the pandemic, we're seeing signs of inflation, but it's transiting, not here to stay. That quickly switched into inflation is persistent, it's not going anywhere, and that caused central banks to start hiking interest rates. Jamaica was first preemptively, and probably that was a very good move in hindsight because Jamaica started first and so could pace the increases. The US, Canada, Eurozone are now trying to play catch up because of that, so they're raising rates aggressively to try and contain inflation, but it has already run off. So we hear a lot of, well, you know, is the Fed chasing? Are we too late with these interest rate increases? That creates a lot of investor panic, so people start selling, which brings the price lower. However, there were still some sectors that made money. Uh, always, there are always some. There's always some way to <laughs> always a money making opportunities. So tell us, you can make money on the downside with stocks. You can. There are certain strategies you can use: options trades or reverse trading strategies. So you still could have made money even with the stock market going down. However, there were sectors that still performed positively. Main one, commodities. So your oil, wheat, grains, those types of investments did really well. They were the top performing 
oil energy companies were the top performing sector for the first half. It was the only sector in the green. And they surprise, surprise. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Oil is doing well and oil prices are ridiculously right. high. I mean, yeah, so that, that was a myth that it still is there. Now, big news Twitter, which has been lingering. That's yes. the days of our Twitter lives. Listen, I, I said it before on this show Elon Musk is a general, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you said it, and I think this I is did not say, right? price Listen, I don't believe anything he says anymore. So he came in um, initially wanted to buy $54 a share. The price has fallen drastically. So He's come to say, you know, well, not he's saying it's not because of the price decrease, but he's saying, you know, that Twitter has withheld certain critical information, so he's backing out of the deal. Twitter is now suing him, but we'll see how it plays out. I don't personally believe he's gonna back out because it still would be a really good acquisition for him to undergo. As we see in these times, lots of acquisitions happening, so I don't think he's gonna back out. And other major news, crypto winter. <laughs> Even though first half of the year we're heading into summer, crypto was heading into the winter. Bitcoin prices, Ethereum prices, we had a lot of um, Terra Luna that went down almost to worthless. So lots of different areas, mostly seas of red, but small pockets are green. That's why I categorize um, the first half in the international market. All right, so we have a question from Javon who wants to know. He's looking for some for some some info here, Keisha. He says there's talk by a few US investors and individuals about a stock that's trading below two US dollars. The company had a 4.3 billion loss in 2020 and 3.5 billion dollar rebound in 2021. And he wants to know which stock is that? All right, so uh, cue up the disclaimer. <laughs> cue up the disclaimer. All right, so I personally do not trade in penny stocks. I don't. It's not a strategy that I personally employ, nor would I say it is one for someone just kind of dabbling in the international market. It can prove very risky. That being said, however, if you do want to find this company, you can go on Yahoo Finance and do a stock screen. You can screen for the, the share price and look at all companies that are below $2 that are trading. And then from that, just match it back to your revenue. So it's not hard to do, just one Yahoo Finance, hit the stock screener button and look for it. But know that um, penny stocks are extremely volatile. They are not strategies for the faint of heart or for persons who are not looking for these aggressive swings in, in their investments. I like that, Keisha. Teach a man to fish. <laughs> uh, next question comes from Natoya, who wants to know what you think of ICL. Uh, so, very broad, Natoya. Um, very what broad. Do <laughs> what do I think? Good, I hate bad. when people ask questions like this, but they know my standard response. Consult your license to Because what is good for me may not be good for exactly, you. Exactly, exactly. And just to, to, I know we have the ticker, where we had the ticker running just now, but just to say it out loud, this is not intended as financial no. advice. Please consult your licensed financial advisor before making any investment decisions. The information shared here is for educational and informational purposes only. Yeah. So you're not going to answer the question? So what I, I personally don't invest in ICL. Uh, no, there are criteria that we use to examine any company. If you're thinking about it from a long-term perspective, you look at the fundamentals to see, is it worthy of my money on the long-term? Is revenue growing? Is 
profitability growing? Does the company have a strong competitive advantage that will propel them for years? You will have to look for that and then you will get your answer. Next move would be how much would you want to buy? When do you buy? What price? These are all different things you'd have to do your own independent research on. I personally don't invest in ICL, so I wouldn't be able to say, hey, you know, I have it and this is what I did. I tend to go more for larger trading strategies and go for what's widely held. I like to sleep at night. I like nice and boring. <laughs> so that, that's what, what I, I, I stick to. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Keisha. Let's bring yeah. in Daniel. Daniel, you're in Trinidad right now? No, I'm actually in Toronto. Oh, yes, you are based in Toronto, but you're from Trinidad. Yes, yes. All right. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. Welcome to Taking Stock for the first time. Great to be on. It's very exciting. You have some great uh, engagement from your audience. Yes, good shows. This is the place to be on a Tuesday night if you're serious about investing. <laughs> In, for sure, for sure. in Jamaica, but we're trying to broaden things and look at more Caribbean stocks as well. And that's why we've invited you on to talk about the First Citizens Bank APO. I've been seeing some interest here. So what is your perspective on it? I see you did an analysis that you, po you posted on LinkedIn. Sure, sure. So um, I guess before I jump into to actually the, um, the APO itself, um, this APU, this FCB APU, maybe maybe the third chance that um, Jamaican investors are getting to invest in the Trinidad market. First, there was Guardian Holdings, and then that that Marcy cross listing, right? So investors may be familiar with the the Trinidad market, but uh, not as familiar to the day to day market. Um, First Citizens isn't cross listed; it's um, listed in Trinidad in TT dollars. So. Um, I want to give a few um, pointers um, before I dive into the APU for, for those people who are actually um, going to invest in this in, in this APU. I think it's very important for, for you to know. So I'm going to share my screen now. Just give me a second. Let me know if you guys can see. Uh, it's coming up. Yeah. Okay, awesome. So really four points I want to cover. Um, probably wouldn't go through all of the points listed. Um, but you know, for anyone who's interested, message me on LinkedIn. Um, I think my link is in the description to this video. Um, and I'll send you this document. Um, so you, you can have it to read, you know, in full. Um, for, but for, for Jamaican investors, uh, when you're investing in the TT market, what you need, of course, is TT dollars. So you have two options to, to do that. Either you uh, find a, a bank, a brokerage, or Cambio that exchange, exchanges your Jamaican dollars for TT dollars, or you, ch you change your Jamaican dollars to US dollars and then your US dollars to TT dollars. Seems kind of uh, a long process, but it's worth it in terms of portfolio diversification, right? Um, so as I said, there's two choices. You can either um, get your Jamaican dollars changed to TT dollars, or you can actually buy a cross-listed name. So you can buy Grace Kennedy, you can buy GMMB, NCB, FG, um, Guardian, or Massey. So you have five choices, and you can transfer those from the uh, JSC to the TTSC. And of course, sell that in Trinidad and um, get TT dollars to, to, to do your transaction. So um, 
what what I would say is please talk to your investment advisor or broker about the fees associated with that before you enter a trade. Okay. Yeah. Right. So I can jump straight into the offer. Um, so this is exactly uh, what what is being offered. Um, it, this is not uh, an additional public offering in the traditional sense. Right. Right. So the, it's not that the um, First Citizens is not offering shares to raise capital, for instance, to invest in, in right. technology. Right. New shares. These are shares that the government already has, and it's selling. Yes. Money. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. So what? So. Right, so what exactly um, they're putting up for sale is their ordinary shares. And so pre-offer, um, government will own True First Citizens um, Holding Limited, 64% of um, the shareholdings of, of um, the First Citizens Group after it will own 60%. So it's very important for everyone to know that the major shareholder will remain the government of Trinidad and Tobago through First Citizens Holding and the National Insurance Board of Trinidad and Tobago, right? Now, everyone wants to know, can I make money from this APU and will it be oversubscribed? Now, the Trinidad market is different to the Jamaica market. So I kind of want everyone to understand that um, in the Trinidad market year to date, um, there's been a lack of issue um, of government paper, meaning that pension funds, insurance companies um, will have excess liquidity. And so they may, they may um, take a larger position in this IPO, um, sorry, in this APU, um, just because there's excess liquidity around. Mm. Uh, yes, <laughs> that's very important to know. And because this share is actually approved to uh, what is called a statutory fund. And all, um, let's say, pension funds, insurance companies um, need to um, actually pledge shares to the statutory fund. Um, the, the share will be taken up um, most likely for that purpose, right? So there will be good demand for those shares based on that alone. Um, and of course, everyone is interested in will I be allocated shares? Now, this is our breakdown. Um, so it's 5% allocated to First Citizens ESOP, 55% to individual investors, 10% to registered mutual funds, registered pension funds, 15%, NIB and other insurance schemes, 10% and other companies, 5%. So if individ the individual investor category is oversubscribed, know that you will get a prorated um allotment of your shares but let's say for instance um the individual investor pool is oversubscribed and let's say this last pool here is undersubscribed those unallocated shares will go towards this first pool filled and then leftover will go to the second pool and so forth so if you're investing what is anticipated is that if you invest tt dollar a hundred thousand or let's say equivalent to let's say 2.2 million Jamaican, you're likely to get 100% of your holdings, even except if it's oversubscribed. So um, that I really wanted to point out to everyone. Um, and then of course, uh, for any company that you invest in, 
you want to know, can this money, can this uh, company make money for me? Obviously, right? yes. <laughs> right. Um, and I mean, a lot for a lot of folks thinking about a bank, they might think it's complicated, but it's actually not that complicated, right? So if you think about, um, let's say, you're opening up a company, you're selling lemonade, right? You're going to buy, you're going to put out your money. So you take $100, you go out and you buy lemons, sugar, water. You make your, your lemonade, right? Um, then a year later, you, you have a lot of customers. Um, you find some equipment that would make it more efficiently. What do you do? You buy some equipment that would do that. Maybe you take a loan um, and that's debt financing for $50 and that's your debt. Now, for banks, it's no different. Their raw material, instead of sugar, water, lemon, it's money, right? So you heard that right. The equipment is their banking infrastructure. So a bank is actually going to borrow from you. Your deposit, um, they, basically when you put deposits into, into the bank, um, the bank is actually borrowing from you. So that's an asset uh, for the bank, that is right um and then what they do with that money they make more money in in two ways right and let me go back to the sheet to show you guys what what that is right so um two two ways one is they basically borrow short and lend long meaning that you have your uh, money that is deposited into the bank right and that means you can go into the bank at any point and withdraw that money. That means they're borrowing from you in the short term. They're taking that same money and lending it out to other folks for the long term. So what Keisha was actually saying earlier about the yield curve inversion is very important to this discussion because banks make money based on the difference between long-term interest rates and short-term interest rates. Mm -hmm. So if if short-term interest rates, so this is the yield curve, well, actually, let me do it this way. And if um, the yield curve is flattening, it means there's less of a spread, right? So actually, uh, that's that's the first way. The second way is um, lending money um, to riskier clients and charging a higher interest rate. That, of course, leads to higher non-performing loans, and banks definitely have to manage um, that process, right? Um, so banks basically have those two levers. The reason why I bring that up is because um, for citizens, if you actually dig into that those financials, you will see that the majority of funds that that the sorry the majority of profit that um, FCB makes, for citizens makes, um, is from their loan book, right? Of course, um, there's like most uh, banks, probably. Sorry, like I would expect, I suspect it is for most banks. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, so Clive, as a trader, makes money from brokerage fees. Um, you know, so as a as a portfolio manager, you also make money from uh, from those um, management fees as well. But in in terms of the the lion's share of funds mm -hmm. of, of profits, actually comes from your loan book and. Right. and FCB is actually no different, right? Um, what actually, if you look at the makeup of FCB's book, 70% um, is actually from retail and corporate banking. 
and um, investment banking and treasury services, another 26%. So um, if you understand that FCB loan book is largely domiciled in Trinidad, which it is, and if you look into the financials um, and notes, you will see that there isn't um, a disclosure in terms of revenue per segment or per, per uh, not segment, sorry, per country, um, you'll notice that it's like that because um, it's mostly um, Trinidad domiciled um, entities that it, that loans are made to, right? Um, and uh, back to that point that uh, Hisha was making earlier in terms of the yield curve, um, the TT yield curve actually um, uh, flattened a bit. So it's not inverted, but it's it's flattened, right? So during one year, right? So one year ago to now, um, 0.61%, uh, that was the movement in the one-year rate. And the five-year rate actually just moved up 15 basis points, um, which isn't, um, uh, of course, there's, there's definitely a, a difference in terms of spread that the bank can make. Now, that's a negative, but the positive is that the TT economy actually is recovering, right? And so there's a reopening of entities in Trinidad and so people are companies are investing more in expansion and so they're taking on new loans and so um loan um volume expansion will actually increase and then non-performing loans will actually be on the decline so that's a positive right huge positive now for jamaican investors i know everyone is excited because we've heard that fcb is actually large but how large is it so it's large, um, but it's the, it's the fourth largest. Um, if you look at the market capitalization of the TT All Index, um, of the TT Composite Index, which includes uh, NCBFG, Grace Kennedy, Massey, et cetera, um, you will see that First Citizens is actually um, the third largest in the TT, in the TT All, but it's actually just, um, just below NCB. So you can see in terms of concept, um, context, sorry, um, 1.85, right, 1.86. Um, NCB is uh, uh, nearly 2 billion. Um, Scotiabank Trinidad is 2 billion. And Republic Bank is the largest financial institution by market cap in the Caribbean with 3.4, about 3.4 uh, billion US dollars market cap. This is among the banks only or among all stocks on the this is among banks. This is among amongst banks. Okay. Yeah. So when you're buying into FCB, you're buying into a large um, company, right? You're buying into a large organization. Um, in terms of market share, this is actually from GMMB's research desk. And so um, I know the the, the segment is, is sponsored by Gemini B as well and Clive is on. So I'll, I'll, I'll give a plug. <laughs> um, Gemini Research um, says that F FCB um, actually has the second largest um, domiciled bank in Trinidad um, with a market share of 18% and 22% in terms of loans and deposits respectively. That's important to know. Um, and you can see here that the lion's share is owned by Republic Bank. Um, Scotia Bank has 15%, right? What I wanna also point out, and I'll just go by this very quickly, but um, I think you had um, a business reporter come on last week, I believe. Mm -hmm. 
Right, and he was saying that FCB is the government's bank. And that's no lie. So you dig into the financials and you see that 20% of the loan portfolio, so one-fifth of the loan portfolio, and uh, well, and more than half of the investment securities are government-related assets. So oh. when you invest in FCB, you are investing in, in the Trinidad government. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, and it, it's very, um, I think, important for us to understand there's also a corporate governance um, aspect to this as well. Um, and I think we will notice uh, if we pay attention to, let's say, like majority-owned um, companies that have, let's say, one holder, decisions might be made by that one holder um, that may not be in the best interest of minority holders. Mm. Right? Yes. Now, I say that only to, to, to say that and um, have it noted because FCB is actually run independently um, in terms of like day-to-day decision-making um, is not being made by cabinet and so forth, right? It's made by professionals, very, very competent um, persons and CEO and management team, right? Um, so yeah, I just want to point that out because that's a, that is a risk factor that you must know. Right, um, FCB um, as well does not um, have a great geographical diversification. So I think in the opening segment you would have mentioned that um, FCB is is um, thinking about or maybe looking at banking licenses in Guyana from scratch because and Jamaica, yes, Jamaica as well. Um, yeah, great, and I really, really hope that um you know that that happens because it's it's great to see a company like this um grow geographically um and get some diversification now um what i would say as well is that fcb i mean not not to um all talk you know in terms of like negative aspects um because out of, um, let's say, the competitors, Republic Bank, Scotiabank, Trinidad, First Caribbean Bank, um, about 72% of their net assets is actually in US dollar um, assets, right? And that's oh. compared to 20% and 10% for, sorry, 20% for, for Republic Bank, 10% for Scotia, 20% for uh, First Caribbean. And so if you are a Jamaican investor, and you're worried about the Jamaican dollar value against the US dollar, or your TT investor worried about the TT dollar value against the US dollar, well, it's a good it's a good investment to hedge your your exposure. Interesting. Right? Yeah. No. All right, Daniel, uh, move on to bullet point number four. That's what we all want to know. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Let's jump. $50 for this uh, APO quote unquote. Is that a fair price? Okay, so let's jump into that because everyone is wondering. Um, and let me just skip over this. Um, but let's look at FCB um, versus its average. And you see that um, in terms of, I like to use price to book because your book value of assets, um, as our panel would know, is mark to market. And so it's a good reflection of what investors are willing to pay um, 
quote for it. So if you wrap up a bank, actually, is a good indicator of if you sell this company, well, you will get X amount of money for it. So you look at the price um, divided by book value, and that will give you a premium. The historical premium on average is actually 43% over that book value, right? Um, but the last 12, like looking at, at the book value um, today, right, um, it's it's 58% over. So um, you might be looking at this and think that, um, yeah, uh, maybe it, it may be a bit overvalued um, based on that, right? Um, let me just skip over this as well. Um, so I, I kind of probably want to, to like tell the, the group this as well. Um, if you assume that the market price is $50, it means that the stock is trading at a 60% premium to its book value versus 43%. That means that you think implicitly or the market thinks implicitly that there will be an, an improvement to the economy of, of Trinidad and that will ex expand FCB's loan book. And that makes sense based on the dialogue um, and the trends that we're seeing, right? If you look at FCB versus the other companies, you'll see a couple of things, right? You'll actually see that um, the return on equity and the return on assets are actually below industry average, right? So that means the sustainable growth rate is below the average. Um, I would say the efficiency ratio is below average, but it's great, right? It's not. It's actually not the lowest. Um, so it's, it, I think it's the second best in the industry. So it's not, um, when you look at local companies, that is, so it's not that bad. Um, the company itself, um, how I would explain the low return on equity and low return on assets is that, of course, it's um, government um, parents, right? And so if you, um, as the majority holder, have use for that capital, um, you may hold on to that capital in company's books and not return it to shareholders. And so that will just reflect in um, your profits may be great, but your assets may be high and your equity may be high because you haven't returned capital to shareholders, right? Um, but if you look at the company, it's a great US dollar investment. What I uh, did my valuation and I came up with a fair value of, um, let's say $49, which is very close to $50 and I give a 5% margin of error, right? Um, and that tells me that this share is fairly valued, but if sentiment is flat, that is natural gas production in Trinidad does not pick up and the economy doesn't pick up, then it actually declines. It means that the share price might actually decline. But if you are, if you believe in the, the energy prices remaining high because of Russia, Ukraine, um, prices, um, as Keisha mentioned earlier, I think um, many many Jamaican investors will actually find a good opportunity here if you think that the um, production will increase. Today, Trinidad actually put out their onshore bids um, for um, to the market. And so you have um, prospects for new natural gas, and that may actually um, help the prospects for FCB. That was great, uh, Daniel. I really appreciate all the effort that you put into compiling that. Even you know, putting the the US versus JMD versus TT dollar uh, quotations. There are a couple of questions for you in yep. the chat. Hold on. 
Uh, Natoya wants clarity on what you said about if you already own shares in GK, Massey, etc. Oh, okay. So actually, it is great because if you own um, shares in Massey or Grace Kennedy, you can transfer those shares from the Jamaica stock market to the TT market, and you can actually get an uplift in your share price. So the share price will actually increase by, um, there's, it's between 10 to 15%. So you'll get a natural uplift when you bring your shares to Trinidad and you sell those shares, um, and you might actually get more TT dollars um for your for your stocks if you were to you know do the equivalent to jamaican dollars you would have more equivalent jamaican dollars oh so yeah so that has nothing to do with the first citizens apo that was just the point about trading uh between the markets yeah so if you if you actually want to invest and you can't get your hands on tt dollars you can actually send those shares over sell them get your tt dollars and if you want to exit that position in the future you sell your shares you buy one of the cross-listed names transfer it back to jamaica no, there's a about $250 TCE or 6900 um, Jamaican dollar fee for transferring. Um, and Clive will tell you the exact number, but um, that's that's um, that's the price for transferring. So make sure that your the size of your transfers make your transfer cost small in, in percentage tubes. Mm. Clive, how does that work? Because I know JMMB has uh, your investment arm has branch in, in Trinidad and Tobago. Is there what's that process like? Can unmute Clive. Okay, can you hear me now? Yes. Okay, great. Yes. Yeah. So we, we have um we have a presence in Trinidad. Uh, what is in Jamaica investment and banking? We have similar let's see in, in Trinidad. A very active and proactive uh, unit. So you can open an account in Trinidad and equity account in Trinidad. Uh, you cannot yet, you, you will not be able to access that on our money line. That is on our online system here, but you can open an account in Trinidad. And as David rightly said, you can either transfer cash to Trinidad, fine, or you can buy the stock here, the cross-listed securities here, sell them in Trinidad, and then use that account, that money, that fund, that receipt from that um sale in trinidad to purchase uh um first citizens you see and that's a tactic that is quite used here you know um by our persons who trade between here and trinidad um yeah they do buy stocks here sell in trinidad and then use that proceeds to buy another stock and transfer it back to jamaica also you know in terms of arbitrage opportunity you can do that to take advantage of price differences also so that yes is used and if you're still confused, just ask your broker to do it for you. <laughs> yes. Ask your broker to do it for That's you. That's why you we guys have... are the professionals. Exactly. Exactly. We will assist you. And, you know, I, I, I believe the market expands an opportunity for all of us, right? Um, what I like is that in the private sector, we see a conversion of West Indian entities now. You know, we see quite a few deals being struck right across the Caribbean in Barbados, Trinidad with many Jamaican public listed companies. So there's a brand new set of opportunity. And note, you know, that with oil prices going up and energy prices going up, who benefits? Well, Ghana recently discovered oil and Trinidad, you know. So these countries, on average, their wealth, well, ought to do better, right? I'm not saying they are now, ought to do better. So I think a unified Caribbean balances out and you know, provide some opportunity for all of us. But interestingly, the market already is providing that opportunity through cross-listing and through amalgamation, acquisitions, as well as joint ventures among companies in, 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 in the, the, the several jurisdictions. 
All right. Thank you so much, Clive. Thank you, Keisha. Thank you, Daniel. This was great. I did warn you viewers that we would go long tonight, but I think it was worth it because we got very comprehensive reviews from all of our analysts today and the interview with Marlene Street Forest. If you're joining us late, go back and watch it from the beginning because tons of information was revealed in that interview. And of course, the breaking money news being that you will be able to trade on the U.S. and Canadian stock markets via the JSC coming Monday or Tuesday, early next week. So look out for our article on that. Uh, you know, we're going to have to do that right up yeah. and post the clips online as well. Thanks again, yes. everybody. Yeah, Canada, can I make mm -hmm. a point? Yes. Please, the, the, yes. Yes. The, if you open an account in Trinidad, you can trade online directly. And I can tell you, offered by the TTSC, an online platform, and it is super smooth, super clean, very efficient. You can change prices. You can fund your account. It's very clean. I don't want to say it's cleaner than ours, but it's very clean and very smooth. <laughs> so go ahead and open your account in Trinidad. Because you're, you're Jamaican and not, not better than Jamaican. <laughs> I also want to add to that. So I think Even if it is. Even yeah, if it is not better than anything that a Jamaican does. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, everybody. Guys, viewers, hit the like button and stay tuned. Coming right back with final comments. This segment of the analysts was brought to you by Jamaica Money Market Brokers. Hey, moneymakers, you're not an official part of the family until you have your merch. Visit kalilareynolds.com slash store to order your t-shirt and your mask today. Let's get this money. Let's get this money. Say it with me. Let's get this money. So yes, just reminding you that you need to be on the newsletter so that you can get all our exclusive documents. It's kalilareynolds.com slash newsletter. You also want to be on our Patreon account and Patreon is patreon.com slash Yes. There it is, patreon.com slash Ray. We have three tiers, $5, $10, $15 a month. You get up to 30% off our masterclass, any merchandise that you may be interested in, and you also get access to our document library, uh, producing at least one new document every month right there in Patreon. So anything you may have missed, anything you want to catch up with, Everything is on Patreon. Let me take some of your final comments. Let me see what you guys are saying here. Uh, Demar says, love where the JSC and this show are going. Big up to you, Mrs. Forrest, and big up, Cal. Thank you so much, Demar. LeVar Henry says, guys, watch Taking Stock for your breaking money news. Spread the word. Spread the word. Post this show on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube, on wherever. Share it via WhatsApp. And, of course, make sure that you like the video. And LeVar also says, best place to be on a Tuesday night. Remember to like the video and share. And then we have Dwight Walker saying a lot of information. It sure was. I'm sure that the team is going to have a warm time picking out what to focus on in the articles this week because there was so much information revealed. Well, that's our show for this week. Thanks for sticking with us. Make sure, again, that you like the video. Subscribe to the channel. I'm sure most of you watching right now are already subscribed. But if you're joining us late or watching the recap, the repeat, make sure you subscribe and share with a friend. Get on our newsletter list at kalilareynolds.com slash newsletter and turn on those post notifications so that you can be the first to see everything as soon as it drops. We want to help people learn more about money so we can all get this money 
together. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Kalila Ray, and follow at KRM underscore business news on Instagram. And remember, these are my only pages. A ton of fake pages keep popping up and they come up faster than I can report them. Instagram is not cooperating with me when I report them, but I believe that the more of you that sends in those reports saying that these are fake pages, these pages, these pages are impersonating me, hopefully they will listen if they get a ton of reports, right? Also, if you want to connect with the analysts this week, check the description box below for their contact information and visit the main website, kalilareynolds.com for financial information. You can use however you like it. You can watch, you can listen, or you can read. There's also a podcast version of the show on all major podcast platforms. We're on Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora, um, TuneIn, a bunch of them. Now tell a friend about taking stock because investing is the new sexy. So let's make it cool to talk about money. I'm Kalila Ranel. See you again next week. Bye-bye. Let's get this money. <laughs>